All right. All right. So the truth is like this. Really, we have to start talking about Pesach. But it's a little bit early just to directly talk about Pesach. So we'll talk about the Parsha, also related to Pesach. So, um, you know, it's, it's well known. The Pesach says, HaChadish Zalachem Reish Chadashim, the HaChadish Nisan, and the Yontif of Pesach, which is the... Uh, the soul of the month of Nisan, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. But the truth is, uh, Rabbi Nachman writes in Lukut Maran, I've been talking about this for the past few years, rather, that Rabbi Nachman says that, that that's true, and that's still true. Rabbi Nachman says before Mashiach comes, though, it's going to be, it's going to be revealed that Pesach is the beginning, but there's something that's called the beginning of beginnings. And what is that beginning of beginnings? He doesn't say. Rav Nassim his Talmud writes in a few places that he records that the uh, tradition is Rav Nachman was referring to Purim. That Purim is to be the beginning of beginnings. Which means that in order to properly appreciate Pesach, we have to see Pesach, the month of Nisan, as coming off of the month of Adar, the month of, the month of Purim. So there's something about Purim which to a certain degree begins a story but doesn't complete it, can't fully capture it, then Pesach comes to sort of package it and to capture what Purim was. Since we have to begin to figure that out, not just talk about Pesach, but to talk about Pesach in the context of, um, of it being an extension or a, a, uh, a vessel for Purim. Because that's really what Purim is. Purim is an R. Purim is a light without much vessel to it. There's uh, no vessels to it. Pesach is very much about vessels, right? The, the halachas of Kashrin and Kalim is all... It could have been Stam and Hilchas Yaradeya. The Shulchan Aruch puts the halachas of Kashrin and Kalim in the context of Hilchas Pesach. Pesach is all Kalim. But Kalim for what? So as Rabbi Nachman is revealing to us that Pesach is the Kalim for Purim. So you have to figure that out. Okay, so if I put that to the side, we'll get back to it towards the end. Okay, so everyone... I shouldn't say everyone knows, but there, there is a well-known Gemara in Shabbos which talks about the following story. Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Harsinai to receive the Torah, and uh, he's greeted by Malachim, right? Malachim, Shemayim, meet Moshe Rabbeinu, and they have a tiny, there's a kitshrug, there's a prosecution against humanity, against Moshe Rabbeinu. Ma'enish kisiz kerenu, ma'adam kisiv kedenu, the Rabbanu Shalom, you have this chem de genuza, this, this treasure that you had for 900 and... Uh, Tatka Adairis, 974 generations before the world was created, you're going to give it to humanity. It's not, it's not uh, befitting. So, you know, the whole thing, okay, the Rabbani Shalom says to Maisha Rabbeinu, give them a response, so Maisha holds on to the Kisei Kovit and tells them, Allahim, what, you went to Mitzrayim, you have parents, you have Kivit of Aim, you have Yitzhara, all the mitzvahs of Torah, they're, not, they're completely irrelevant to you. You don't even chap what it means to have an issue of Leisirtzach and Leisinaf. It's not your, your Indian. So, it's more befitting for us to have a Torah. And the Malachim are silenced because of that. Not only are they silenced, and they respond to Hashem. The Gemara says in Shabbos, they respond with that capital Tillim, the following Psukim, which is, Ma'adir Shimcha B'chol Aretz. Hashem, that your name is powerful, and it's befitting for it to be on earth. Ma'adir Shimcha B'chol Aretz. That's the story in the Gemara Shabbos. So you read that, you, you hear that story, and okay, that's uh, an issue that was going on by Madan Torah, but once, once uh, Maisha Rabbeinu responds to the Malachim, finished, that's the end of the prosecution, story's over, we have the Torah and finished. In the Zohar Kaddish we find the same 
a similar prosecution and a similar inyan taking place right before the building of the Mishkan. That's what these parshas are about, the Yaakov Akuda, the building of the Mishkan. So let me share with you what it says in the Zohar Kaddish. Again, uh, you know, to see, to see what, what, what this means, but it's desire in Parshas Truma, Kuf Mem and The Zohar says like this. Uh, I'll read it outside. It's good even to hear the words. It's, uh, the Zohar Mekdash bring down the, the language of the Zohar as the mikveh for the Neshama. So it says like this. Behu yoyma, the Mishkana nachta la'ara, the day that the Mishkan was was supposed to descend to heaven, descend, descend to the earth. It's interesting. It's not the, the Mishkan, building the Mishkan is not described as the building of the Mishkan, it's described as a descent of the Mishkan. So the day the Mishkan was going to descend, there was a kitcher, there was a prosecution against it. And a darkness came and was blocking the Mishkan from descending. Okay. In order that it shouldn't come down. The Tanina, and Zara says, we learned, we have a tradition, that Elof Chamesh Me'ariba Malachin, what is it, 1,500, 10,000, it's uh, one, 1. 1.5 million Malachim, Mekachigin, Ishtakach Lagabah, prosecuting this procession, this Indian of the Mishkan being built, the Gindal Seichas again, in order that it shouldn't, that it shouldn't happen. Bohu Zimna says as are at that time, Ishtachu Kol Kinufi Dumlachi Eloi, this entire assembly of Malachim, Kame Kuchabrichu came before the Rabbanishlam and Umru Kame Mari Alma, and they said to Rabbanishlam, similar to the Taina that was said by the Malachim before Hasinai, that Kol Zivachol Naharidilan, the light, the glow, the shine, the Shrinis Yikarachi is is from the Shrina, from the divine presence. Now you're gonna bring it down to humanity. It's unbecoming for the Shechina. Now at that point, there was Moshe was on Shemayim, so there's no Moshe Rabbeinu to respond. So at that time, the Shechina gathered strength. The And despite the prosecution, broke through this darkness. Like a person smashing through a wall of ice. Like shattering this wall of ice. And descended to the earth. Once the Malachim saw such an ability for the Mishkan, the Shechina, to break through this, this wall of darkness described like ice, to break through it, so they said, Hashem, the powerful one, your name is appropriate on earth. The same thing that the Malachim said after Moshe responded to them by Arsina. Okay? <coughs> certainly very strong. The Tavris because the Shechina was so powerful, I was able to break through this uh, darkness, this ice-like darkness, and to descend to the earth. Okay, so this can't be a coincidence. Can't be a coincidence. The same type of kitra, the same psukim that were used in the prosecution and the back and forth, trying to keep the Torah in heaven, is now used by the Malachim trying to keep the Mishkan in heaven, so to speak. Now again, we don't have the same dialogue between Moshe and the Malachim by this case, but we have this other Indian of the Shechina breaking through this, ar- this ice, this darkness, but again, the same response, Ma'adr which is a very funny response, because like, it sounds like from the story, it's Hashem is just, I, I don't care what you're saying, I'm doing it anyway. So what's the, uh, now the Malachim can see, like, the, the issue was never if God can do it. They're just saying, they're, not, they're recommending it's inappropriate. So what exactly is the response back? Okay, so you have to figure out what exactly this dialogue is, but what we do see is one thing. If the same Kitrik, if the same Shakvatarya, the same Inyan, is taking place by Harsinai, and it's sort of 
resurfacing by by the building of the Mishkan, by the, uh, the, the the descent of the Mishkan, so to speak, which is a descent of the Shechina. So it must be that that the Mishkan is a furthering of Madan Taira. That Madan Taira is the giving of the Taira, but that process of the giving of the Taira was not finished then. It, it still, it needed a Makkah so to speak. It needed a, a, a finishing touch. It needed to, to fully take root, that's called the building of the Mishkan. And the truth is, we have, and Chazal do say such a thing, that the Torah was said by Arsinai, but it was Chazav it was repeated over in the oil Maid, right? So Moshe Rabbeinu built the Mishkan, and all the mitzvahs were repeated over to Moshe Rabbeinu from the Mishkan. So you see, the Mishkan is itself a furthering of Kabbalah's Torah. So this is what we have to figure out. What exactly is going on by, what, is, what does Kabbalah's Torah mean exactly? That Harsina wasn't enough, it needs a furthering of the Mishkan. And what exactly is the meaning of this prosecution of the Malachim? It's unbecoming. And we sort of silenced it initially by Harsinai with Moshe Rabbeinu saying that, you know, we, uh, the Torah makes sense for people like us. But then evidently that wasn't enough for the next Shlav, for the next piece of Kabbalah Satira. And for the f- next piece of Kabbalah which is the building of the Mishkan, there was this Indian of the Shechina breaking through this darkness, this wall of ice, What's going on over here? The truth is this connection between Har Sinai and the building of the Mishkan, we also find in a, another Medrash, in Tanat Velio. Tanat Velio is a Medrash that we have from, uh, it's a, a Shiloh exactly, but according to most sources, it's from Elion Avi himself. It's very terse, it's not, a, it's not an easy Medrash to learn. It's funny because it's very lengthy, the truth is, but it's, with all the lengthy words, it's still, it's still hard to understand. So this is, this is what it says in Tanit Yo Perak Yud Zayin. It's talking about the story of Har Sinai. Kivan Shekibli Yisrael, and this is how it describes. Listen how it describes it. Kivan Shekibli Yisrael Malchus Shemayim B'Simcha. Once the Jewish people were standing by Har Sinai, and we accepted Hashem's Malchus B'Simcha, Va'amru, and to accept Hashem's Malchus B'Simcha is with our statement, Kol Hashar Dibar Hashem Nasa V'Nishma. Okay, so we said Nasa V'Nishma which is accepting Hashem's Malchus B'Semcha, Niyad Omer HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, Darbel B'nei Yisrael, V'yichili Truma. That's the Medrash Pliya. When Kala Yisrael says, Nasev Nishma, so then the Rabbani Shalom has this idea, he's going to tell Meish Rabbeinu the mitzvah of building the Mishkan, V'yichili Truma. So already you see such an Indian, is that again, this idea that the Kabbalah Satayra, the, the Jewish people accepting the Torah, that doesn't just result in Har Sinai. It results in Mishkan. It results in Mishkan. And so that's going on, the same thing. So the same kitcher, the same prosecution against Tar Sinai resurfaces in building the Mishkan. But what this Tanit Velio is pointing to us, is, 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 is pointing us to, is, is, a, is a specific Nakuda. Is that somehow the ability, that, that, that it's specifically these two inyanim, Nasa Vinishma and Vichli Chuma that are tied together. So the giving of the Torah is in two Shlavim, Mahar Sinai and, and uh, building the Mishkan. And somehow, specifically, the, 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 the link between them on some level is Nasa Vinishma. And that Pasuk of Yichli Chuma, that there's a mitzvah to give donations to, to build the Mishkan. So you have, to, you have to figure this out. What exactly do these, do these two inyan and these two parshas have to do with each other? Okay. Another, now, a strange thing that we find when it comes to building the Mishkan, and it's, some, it's a theme that already, it's from Parshas Chuma all the way to Tol Vayakal Bakudu, this week's parsha. Is that the, 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 in the in the description of the Mishkan, the Rabbanu Shlaim chooses to be very mathematical? There's a lot of cheshvan in these parshas from Chuma all the way to Pekude. 
first of all, every vessel of the Mishkan, the specific dimensions are given. And which is strange, because I mean, some, some vessels, I guess you can say we need to know the dimensions because you'll have to make them again for the base of Migdash. You have to know what the measurements are. But, but some vessels, not like that. The iron was never remade. The crushing were never remade. The tents were never, you know, the, whatchamacallit, the roofs for the Mishkan were never redone. It is what it is. So there's so many things in Torah that are just, that just are left for Tarsh Balpeh. But all of a sudden, the mathematics and the Cheshbainis of the Mishkan are not left for Tarsh Balpeh, they're Mamish Beprati Pratis. Not only are the vessels and the Kalim, the, the structure, the, the numbers, the Cheshbin is very, is, is Mephorish, and it takes up a lot of room. But more than that, if you think about it, the, even the foundation of the Mishkan, what was the foundation of the Mishkan? So the Adonim, right? The sockets, right? That's, that's where the, the, uh, the beams were laid into, the Adonim. The Adonim, were, the, these sockets were made of silver. What were they, what were the, what, where were the silver coming from? So silver was donated, but besides the donation of the silver, every year it had to give a machsa shekel, right, to be counted. That machsa shekel was then used to be melted down, and they became the Adonim, they became the sockets for the Mishkan. So you see, when those machsa shekel, those coins, they, those were the numbers of the Jewish people. They were, that was a mafim, that was a cheshben. Because we want to count the numbers. You want to how many yidden there are. So you can't count yidden. So you count the coins that they gave. So those coins represent the number of the Jewish people, and that became the foundation of the mishkan. So the whole mishkan is described not just the kalim, but they're described with their numbers, with their with their uh, mathematics to them, with their cheshben. And the, the Mishkan is laid on a foundation which is, which is all about Cheshman. More than that, after everything is said and done, so this expires of Vayakal Pekudai. So, how does Pekudai begin? So the Pasuk says, Eila Pekudai HaMishkan, Mishkan Edis. This is the numbers of the Mishkan, this is the Cheshman of, 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 of all the materials that were donated for the Mishkan. And it goes through in, in detail. All the gold, how much, uh, how much uh, num- what was the weight of the gold, and how much numbers were, were, were the piece of gold, how much silver, how much, all, all these things. Again, it's, it's, it's completely unnecessary. It's not like, oh, now we're going to figure out how it was. It do- it doesn't, it's not like it then goes to say exactly how the gold was then you know, used in all the kalim. Is, this is the number of the gold. This is the number of the silver. This is the number of the chayshis kilo. It makes a difference to us. Save this for Tarsh if it's even necessary. So the whole in the Mishkan, it's like this. Like the Mishkan needs to express itself in numbers, in math. It's not enough just to have the kalim, and it's not enough just to have the Mishkan assembled. You have to have the Mishkan with the kalim, the structure, but you have to see it in mathematical form almost. You have to be able to see what the structure is, what the numbers are. It's a pella. So what's this in of numbers? Now the truth is, to go a little bit deeper... And then I'll explain what I'm about, what I mean in this next sentence. The Mishkan themselves, the, the Mishkan, the structure itself, with the Kalim, the Mishkan, and its corresponding numerical value, its corresponding numerical uh, expression. This is the secret of what we have, what, something we have in, in Yiddishkeit, which are the Aleph base or Hashem's name, so to speak, with gematria, right? So every, you know, different languages, so in, in, in English, so there's the alphabet, that's, those, are, those, are, those are letters to describe words, those are, those are words. Then you have a separate system for numbers. In Yiddishkeit, it's not like that. We have aleph base, and those, those letters are what? Letters to describe, they come in words and so on, they make words, but they, those are also, those are also numbers. They have a numerical value, right? That's gematria. And, and, and this is not just a random thing, whether Rav couldn't think of another system. 
there's an Indian, and, and Shemus HaKadoshim are like this too, right? Letters are not just letters. All the Aleph Beis are ultimately rooted in, the, the, the Aleph Beis are Torah, that's Torah itself. And what is Torah? Torah is Shemais of Shalkash Baruch Hashem's names. The Ramban writes in the beginning of, of Chumash, in his commentary to Chumash, that the Torah in its root, in its deepest, most truest form, all it is, is one long stream of divine names. In other words, Aleph, the Aleph Beis, which are, the shame, which are which is Taira, and Taira in its purest form is just Hashem's names. So Hashem's names, there's the name of Hashem and the gematria of Hashem's name, the cheshven of Hashem's name. That's why even the word cheshven, ches, uh, ches shin vav, uh, ches, vav nun, equals the gematria, shem yudke vavke, the name of Hashem. Because in Yiddishkeit, the, the letters of the Aleph Beis are... The, the main function of the Aleph Beis are to create the names of Hashem, which the names of Hashem, again, I have to explain this, what this means, but the names of Hashem in its, is Tyre itself. It is Tyre, that's what Tyre is. And those names of Hashem have another expression called Gematria. So, the, so let's, let's go back for a second. So you have this idea that the Aleph Beis are the same, this, those same letters also translate into numbers. That's exactly what we find with the Mishkan too. The Mishkan, Chazal say, Betzal was chosen to build the Mishkan. Why? Because Betzal, Chazal say, Yedea, he knew the letters of the Aleph base through which the Rabbanu Shalom created the world. How the Rabbanu Shalom created the world? Chazal, it's a famous statement from Chazal, Stak of Araisa Baram, the Rabbanu Shalom created the world through Tyra. So, so what, the Rabbanu Shalom created the world through Tyra, and yet Chazal say, the Rabbanu Shalom created the world through the Aleph base. Well, the answer is the Aleph base is Tyra. That's Tyra, right? You have to make a... If a person's learning Aleph Beis, you have to say Berachas Torah first. That's, that's, that's Torah. But, but Saul was able to be the, 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 the manager to build the Mishkan because he knew the secret of the Aleph Beis. He knew what, Torah, what the Aleph Beis are in its root. And what are the Aleph Beis in its root? Hashem's name. And so since, the, so the Mishkan, and that's necessary to build the Mishkan, because what is the Mishkan? The Mishkan is a physical representation, a physical manifestation of Hashem's name of what the Aleph Beis are, of what Torah is in its ultimate root, which is Hashem's name. And just as the Aleph Beis and Torah and Hashem's name have a separate, have another expression, which is Gematria, so so to the Mishkan also has to have another expression that's called Cheshman, that's called its numerical value, its number, its number's value. So every piece of the Mishkan cannot be just described as the thing itself. The thing itself, that's Hashem's name in letter form, in Aleph Beis form. But those, that same piece of the Mishkan also has to be expressed and be described in its number form. Because every piece of the Aleph base, every piece of, of Hashem's name also has its numerical value. yud ke vav so those are four letters, Yud and He and Avav and He. But those four letters have two dimensions, they have two expressions. There's the, letter in its, those, there's the name of Hashem in its, in its letter form, that's yud ke vav but there's also the name of Hashem in its numerical value form, through yud ke vav which is 26. So every single piece of the Mishkan is another piece, is another Shem Hashem. It's another divine name. It's another divine name. Again, because the, 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 as Chazal say, the Mishkan was built by Vitzal, who knew the secret of the Aleph Beis. The, the Aleph Beis is Torah. And the secret of Torah is that everything is truly Hashem's name. All of Torah is one long stream of divine names. So the Mishkan itself is the deepest secret of what Torah is, which is really just Hashem's name. And Hashem's name express itself in the name itself and its gematria. So the Mishkan is going to have these two dimensions, which is the Mishkan itself and its pakudim, its cheshben. Cheshben meaning Shem Havaya, the name of Hashem in numerical form. 
So this is going to be the Pesach. So, okay. So that, that, what is this Indian? What is this Indian that we find in Tyre of having the letters, the names, the words of Tyre, the Sukkim, plus the Gematria? And again, that's what the Mishkan is. The Mishkan is a physical manifestation, a physical form, the physical form of Hashem's name of Tyre itself, plus its Gematria. So you have to figure this out. By the way, this is, this is I mean, again, I, 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 I didn't explain anything yet, but this is also why the Mishkan is connected to Kabbalah Satyra. Because what, again, what is Tyra? Tyra is Hashem's name. As Hashem's name split up in a way that we read it as Vedabra Hashem But really, in its truthful essence, in its, in its essence, it's just Hashem's name. So the Torah being given to us means us, be, us receiving Hashem's name. That's what the Torah means. Us being given access to Hashem, to Hashem's name. The Mishkan is the physical form of Hashem's name. And that's why the only person that can build the Mishkan is Betzal, who knew the secret of the Aleph base, who knows the secret of what Tyre is, who knows the secret of the names of Hashem. That's the person that can build the Mishkan. The Mishkan means the giving of the Tyre. It means the giving of the Tyre. And the Tyre in its, in, its, in its root, in its purest form, are the names of Hashem. And the, and the names of Hashem always have two expressions to them, the name itself and its gematria. So that's why the Mishkan also has the, the Mishkan itself plus its, its gematria, its cheshbon. That's what the Mishkan is. But again... Okay, so let, 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 let's figure this out. Let's take a step back. Let, let's, let's take a step back. Um, in order to appreciate this, in order to understand what the Mishkan is, and these two inyanim of the Mishkan itself plus its numerical value, so to speak, its, its cheshven form, and what this does for us, like, who, who cares? What does this tell us about Kabbalah Satyra? So we have, to, we have to go back, we have to, we have to answer to our, for ourselves a most basic question, which is what exactly are we trying to do with our Yiddishkeit? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I, in other words, again, from the time that we're little, we're trained, we do mitzvahs, we do the right thing, you know, comes Pesach, we're going to stay away from Chametz, we're going to do all that. And we also know that from the time that we're little, that there's such a thing as Chav So we do the good things, and Hashem does good things, and, and that's the way we want it to stay. Okay, fine, finished. But what are we doing? What are we doing in Pneumius? So let me share with you a couple chazals, which initially might sound shocking, but Mustafa, you guys are not going to be shocked by this anymore at this point. But, uh, but uh, for the uninitiated, it might be shocking. Chazals say in the Medrash like this, it's a Safri in Parashas Vezay Sabracha. It says like this, Kishi Yisrael shovim be'etza'achas lamata. Chazals say, it's going on the Pasuk, Vahib b'shur and melech, b'sa'asef rashayon. Vahib b'shur and melech, that the Rabbanu Shalom is the king, Hashem is the king. When Kla Yisrael are united. Okay? So what does that mean? So Chazal said, When Kla Yisrael are all on the same page in this world. In other words, what page is that? The page of, of Yiddishkeit. In other words, we're all doing the right thing. We're all serving the Rebbeinu. We're doing mitzvahs and maizim taivim the way we're supposed to. Hashem's name is praised above. Is praised above. Okay. So we do the right thing down here. And Hashem's name is praised above. Now that's an interesting statement. If, in, other, in other words, what, what it's saying, on a sim, the most simplest level, I would say, like, what do you mean? Hashem's name is Hashem's name. Whether he's praised or not, has nothing to do with us. It certainly, maybe if you want to say his name is praised down here, maybe it has to do with us. The Chazal, to say that Hashem's name above is praised based on us being on the right page down here, is a little bit of a strange thing. That means that our Avodah is having an effect on Shmai HaGod, on Hashem's name. More than that, Chazal say, 
similar, even more. Chazal say, it says in Pasuk, Zekelev Anveyu. This is my God, I will glorify him. Says Chazal, Kishani Moidalai, when I praise him, Huna, he is beautiful. Ukishain Ani Moidalai, and when I don't praise him, Kivyachal, then so to speak, Kivyachal, he's not beautiful. Says the Medjish continues. I'll tell you even more. It says in Pasuk, Hashem says, You are my witnesses. I am God. Because I'll say a strong edai, When you are my witnesses, I am God. When you are not my witnesses, I'm not God. Similarly, I'll say even more. It says in Pasuk, says in Pasuk, To you, the one that sits in heaven, my eyes turn. Says the Medrash, ani. If it wasn't for I that turned my eyes to you, then there isn't. Then then you are not the one sitting in heaven. This all the, the these Medrash this and all these statements of the Medrash are pointing us to one line that we find in the Svarim, which is that our avayda is l'tzarech gavayim. Avayda l'tzarech gavayim. What does avayda l'tzarech gavayim mean? Our avayda is is necessary on high. Necessary on high. In other words, there is a simplistic way of thinking about Yiddishka, which is, Rabbanish is Rabbanish Shalom. Nothing's changing above. <laughs> He's God. Melech Geyser, he decrees laws for us to obey. And if we obey them, good. And if not, not finished, whatever. It's lemal v'lemayrit. Ultimately, it makes no difference. It makes no difference in Shemayim, Batsam, whether we do what we do. It's a, we have to pay the consequences. But then that, okay, fine. That's, that's a simple way of looking at Yiddishkeit. What this measure is telling us is that it's Bukhal not true. It's Bukhal not true. The Rabbanu Shalom, it's true. The Rabbanu Shalom, in his essence, Chas Shalom, is not being affected by anything. On some level, the Rabbanu Shalom decided to create this system. But the system the Rabbanu Shalom created is such, is that only by us, with our avayda, with our mitzvahs and mitzvahs and type down here, do we create the spiritual infrastructure in which God can reveal himself as God. When Chazal says such a statement, that if that... When, when you are my witnesses, I am Kale. And when you're not my witnesses, I am not Kale. This is a deep statement. What that's saying is, is that our Avaidah are not just, it's not just doing us, we're doing the right things down here. And Hashem looks at, oh, good boys, good girls, I'll give you the good things. No, 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 no. The mitzvahs that we do, are, we are being active in the higher world. We're being payo. We are, we, are, we are actually hands-on involved in this divine process that's called the Rabbanish Shlomo moving from his unknowable essential state to a more knowable state. What does it mean, Hashem's name? A name that we... It's the biggest sight in Yiddishkeit. When a, per, a person's name is, is a way through which I can... The, the per, in a, certain, a name could, does, does two things. We think of a name as just, it's more, more, of, more of in terms of someone else. right? So I call you by your name. I get your attention. But the truth is, a name is much deeper than that. The name is also within yourself. When you're given a name, it's good to have a name even if there's no one around to call you by that name. A name means the, the, the mechanism through which there's a part of you that's able to, to come out of hiding. A part of you that expresses itself. Hashem and His name will be one. What's the point of having a name if there's no one else? The answer is, a name isn't just a... a, a a, a, a trick to call a person, like instead of tapping him on the shoulder, if you can't reach him, so you call him by his name. A name is is essential to the person. A name 
are, is a vessel, so to speak, through which the person himself moves from, from a place of, of a subconscious, from a place of hiding, into a place to be known even to himself. If a person didn't have anyone around, it would also be a good to be given a name. Because a name means a vehicle through which you move out of that unknowable essence to a more knowable state. That more knowable state, if there's others around to meet you, Gvaldik. If not, then at least you know yourself. So too it is, there's such a thing as Shem Saktoshim, divine names. What does it mean, Hashem Hashem? Hashem Hashem means a, a system through which the Rabbanish was also able to move from absolutely unknown to known. When the Rabbanish moves to be known, okay, then, 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 then everything shines and everything's Gvaldik and, and we bask in that light. But, but there is. There, there is a chiddush. There is a, a chiddush in the universe that's called the name of Hashem. If it wasn't for the name of Hashem, then God wouldn't, just, just like a person, if it wasn't for the concept of a name, the person would still be there. But he wouldn't know himself. And there wouldn't be any movement out of that hidden space within himself. So to kivyochel, kivyochel, of alfi havdolos, there is such a thing as Hashem's name. And there needs to be, and there needs to be that concept of the name of Hashem in place in order for God to move out of an unknown space within Himself to a more known space. Who is involved in, in creating that shame Hashem, in, 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 in beckoning God out of that hiding? That's what we do. That's our Avayda. Says the Medrash, if it wasn't for you testifying, so in other words, keeping Yiddishkeit, then I am not God. What does it mean I'm not God? It means I'm not Kale. The names of Hashem don't exist. Says, the Medrash said, when we're united on the same page down here, then Hashem's great name is praised above. We're able to be poil. We do things. We do things. We're not just doing things down here and getting a reaction above because God looks at us and says, oh, you did my bidding. You did what I want. No, no, no. We're being poil. We're, being, we're, we're, we're actively involved in this divine process of escorting God out of hiding. In, the, in other words, the process of what? Of, of creating this phenomenon that's called God's names. That's why the Ramban says that Torah in its purest form, all it is is God's names. Because what is Yiddishkeit? So we, Yiddishkeit is putting out tzitzis and tefillin and learning about this and learning about that. Yes, but in its root, in its essence, what it really is, what's going on beneath the surface inside of ourselves is that we are engaging in the process of creating God's names. Why is it that every single one of us should... You know, has to learn as much as we can. In other words, you know, we, you know, let's say there's a you know, gemara brachis or gemara pesachim, whatever it is. So you can think to yourself, what do I have to? Why should I learn hilchas pesach? First of all, if I have a shaila, I'll ask, I'll ask a rav. Second of all, so you're going to tell me no because I have to come up with uh, insights. I'm never going to come up with with insights in mesech pesachim. Definitely, you know, some talmud is going to know the mesechta better than I. So what's the point? Why should I have to learn mesech pesachim? What am I going to contribute to Maseches Pesachem more than anyone else? The answer is, the point is not this, this, this Gemara on the shelf that needs to be studied. Maybe there's some truth to that too. But the really deep, deep reason is, is that when you're engaging in Maseches Pesachem, you're creating Shema Saktosh. You're creating divine names through which God is able to come out of hiding. And the specific types of divine names that come through the, through the, the particular ideas of Maseches Pesachim working itself through your head, and the words of Maseches Pesachim coming through your mouth, those are divine names that no one else can create. No one has your neshama. Some people might have bigger neshamas and deeper neshamas, but your neshama they don't have. 
And the Rabbana Shalom, in order for the Rabbana Shalom to come out of hiding fully, he needs every single neshama to contribute to, that, to this infrastructure called building divine names and allowing the Rabbana Shalom to be completely, so to speak, to be completely revealed. And that revelation comes when all of Klai Yisrael contribute. All of Klai Yisrael, all of Torah is 600,000 letters, right? We know every year there's 600,000 Jews. It means every single neshama is tasked with with contributing to this process of bringing God out of hiding. And no one can do the contribution of another because that's the nature of your neshama. Your neshama is your name, right? That's your name. When you're given your name, it means that name that you're given, shim chakrasa b'shmeinu, means that your name is, is, is the key to unlocking God's name. And no one else could do that. The Torah that you can learn is not the Torah that anyone else can. It's not a matter of, again, if it's just the tractate on the shelf, right? Or, or the chedushim that you could come up with. Another guy can learn it better and come up with better chedushim. That's not the point. The point is, what Shemus Haktoshim are you conjuring up by your learning? Different than this other, than that, that person. It's, it's a different, it's a different Indian. That's what Shemus Haktoshim are. Now, in order for this to happen, there's a very deep prosecution in Shemayim against this. Why? Because in order, it's not just a prosecution, it's, there's, a, there's a very, very basic, uh, basic problem with this. And what's the problem? The problem is the following. In order for us to engage in something, you have to understand it. Like, you have to be shaykh to the Indian. Like, the, 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 the simple version of Yiddishkeit makes more sense. God's up there, we're down here, and the sphere of influence that we have is a universe that we could comprehend, that we can relate to, that's, that's part of our experience, and that's down here. So the most we can do is uh, keep this in a physical way and hope to, and hope to God that God uh, enjoys the, you know, that listening to him and, and finish. Like, in, order, in, order for us to, in order for us to manipulate something, then you have to be you have to be typhusit. You have to be shy, you have to be typhusit. So the question is, how can we manipulate, so to speak, the divine? How can we bring God out of hiding? There's a basic principle. The Zara says, less that no mind can grasp God. How could, we, how could we bring God out of hiding if we cannot conceptualize who God is? If there's no part of our mind that can, that can understand who God is? Comes, comes the Mishkan, and the Mishkan reveals to us that there's such a thing as mathematics. I'll give you an example. Mathematics is a way of I'll give an example in nature, right? So, in order, like, the, same, the same principle applies to nature, which is that if you want to manipulate nature in a good way, I don't mean, uh, you know, destroying the ozone layer, layer necessarily. You can do that too. But in order to truly manipulate nature and to really bring out the chedushim, bring out the hidden mysteries of nature, you need to understand it. You need to understand it. And you know, back in uh, more primitive times and primitive cultures, they couldn't truly reveal the secrets of nature itself. Why? Because they didn't really understand how nature worked. They didn't have the mathematics and the rules of physics and the laws of physics to, to truly understand what, what's going on over here to then be able to manipulate it. What, what is math? What is mathematics? What's cheshven? Cheshven is a language in which we can take things that are you know, maybe bigger physically than us and maybe uh, you know, out of our sphere of influence, but we could 
begin to understand it, to be typhus, to grasp it, to understand its function, its rules, its regulations, its, its principles. And once you grasp the principles, then you'll be able to manipulate it. So the Industrial Revolution and so on, it, it was all possible because you had, like Newton, you had people, and that wasn't just him, but not, you know, unlocking, at least to a certain degree, some of the basic rules of mathematics and the principles of nature. You understand the principles, you can understand it. The Mishkan, as I said, are Shemus Akdashim. And Shemus Akdashim are revealing to us the essence of Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit means not just doing things and getting a good reaction. Yiddishkeit means, means that we are being, we are manipulating God's name. We are creating, we are engineering, we are moving God from that place of hidden to that place of revealed. And the question is, how can we do that? Well, the answer is, the Mishkan also has its numerical value. There's such a thing as Cheshman, Gematria. Gematria means that you might not be able to to, to, to fully grasp that name. But Cheshman says, without realizing it, you can. Cheshman means, Gematria means a system, this means that, this, that the Rabbani Shalom allows us, and we'll, we'll explain how. The Rabbani Shalom, we, we are, despite the fact that it seems, despite the fact that it seems that this dimension of Shemus Akdashim, of who God is, is unknowable to us. And so therefore, how can you possibly go and manipulate it and affect it and be piled in that sphere? So there is such a thing as Cheshman. Cheshman means that, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because just as in nature, without necessarily being able to say, here, I have the sun in my pocket, without being able to say, look, I have all of physical reality under my belt, but there is such a thing as being able to learn and understand the, 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 the underlying principles that govern the world around us. And through that, you can then manipulate. You can then be, be more of a part of it. In, in more primitive, primitive cultures, without understanding how nature works, without the world of Cheshman, then, then to a certain degree, they're separate from the world. They're not truly a part of it. They're just, they're just you know, uh, through, you know, watching from a distance what's going on in sunrise and sunset without fully, fully not, without, without being able to, to, to manipulate nature, to bring out its secrets, to unlock some of its own kaychas, and at the same time also not being able to fully see themselves as part of nature. Because otherwise it's just, it's just that you're part of the scenery. You're not, really, you're not really in it unless you have this kaych of cheshman. So cheshman means the ability to be to actually to, under, to participate and to be active and to be involved in the process of unlocking secrets of something that's fundamentally still bigger than you. That's what cheshman is. Cheshman is the ability to allow yourself to unlock, just like in nature. We're able to unlock the secrets of nature despite the fact nature is bigger than us, right? And gravity is still bigger than us and still stronger than us. But we're able to unlock its secrets and to bring out of Teva, you know, with different forces and different powers of Teva that we have through technology. We have these Kaychas, why? Because we have, we have Cheshman, we have mathematics. So Cheshman is some system in place to allow you to, 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 be a, to be an active participant in something that's still bigger than you. But it allows you to be an active participant in bringing out and revealing more Kaychas and more layers, and more creation, like, you know, and more new abilities. Like when, when, when there was a bolt of lightning, 
you know, when a bolt of lightning, you know, uh, you know, you know, it comes in the sky, and you have uh, in, a, a tribe somewhere in the Amazon, all they see is that bolt of lightning. But for a scientist, when they see that bolt of lightning, that bolt of lightning is much more than just a bolt of lightning. It's 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 enough energy to 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 you know to to animate. Who knows? You know how many uh, you know unbelievably powerful machines and so on. And and all of that comes because they don't just see the bolt of lightning. They see the mathematics, the energy, the, the potential of that that's unlocked through seeing it in the world of Cheshvan. And that allows them to then take that and harness it and manipulate it and maybe bring out some of that, some of that kayak. And so instead of just being sort of a distant viewer of it, to a certain degree, we're now an active participant in nature because of our ability to see things in, in a more mathematical way. So Cheshvan doesn't just mean math over here. Cheshvan math is is sort of the muscle that we're using for this ability of, of a person to become, again, a participant and a partner in a process of, of revealing, of, 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 of taking something out of hiding, despite the fact that that, what you're, that, that that thing that you're taking out of hiding is still bigger than you. And that's exactly what's going on with Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is, yes, we are, it's, we're Shemus we're, in, we're, we're producing Shemesakdashim. We're bringing God out of hiding. We're, unlo- we're unlocking and un- unearthing deeper layers of divinity. I, uh, what shaykhs do we have? The answer is, the Rabbanishon created the world in such a way, there's such a thing as the thing itself, there's a lightning bolt, there's just the phenomenon of gravity, but there's also the mathematics of gravity, the cheshman of gravity, the ability to, to analyze it, to define it, to articulate it, in numbers, in, in, in terms that we can maybe not control, but we can participate in that process and maybe use it in ways to, to, uh, to, uh, to reveal phenomena that otherwise would be completely unknown. So how does this translate in the Jewish soul? So I understand, in nature, it's with mathematics, with brilliant people like Newton and Einstein, people like that, they could do such a thing. But what, 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 how do we do that? How do we... How do we grasp the ingraspable? How do we, how do we somehow uh, become active participants in this divine process of creating Shemus Akdashim? What is the cheshben? What's the, what's the formula through which we can participate? So that Zayar Kaddish that, that I mentioned before, which caused the problem, that Zayar Kaddish said, no mind can grasp God. The Zohar says, though, there's an, the next line, though, is the Eitzah. The next line is, Less No mind can grasp God. But he is grasped in the rutzen, in the desire of the heart. It's an amazing thing. Now, we think of a human being is that the highest part of the human being is the brain. The heart, the emotions. It's, the Zohar Kodesh is revealing to us is that Less No mind can grasp God. But there is a part of the Jewish soul that truly does grasp God. And that's called the heart of the Jew. Not just the heart of the Jew, reus deliba, the, the, the desire of the heart, the deepest part of the heart. The Tanya famously says in Sefer Tanya, what is a Jew? In, its deepest, in the deepest of senses, the deepest heart of the Jew is what? It is true that who we are on the outside does not know who God is because who we are on the outside is governed by a brain and uh, we're, not human, we're, not, we're not God. But the deepest part of who we are does know who God is. That part of who we are maybe can't communicate itself. But if 
we can bring that part of who we are into the program of Yiddishkeit, that's the medium. That's the cheshben. That's the way in which we could interface with God. We could interface with God by bringing the part of ourselves, which is godly, into the system. As a human being, there's no interfacing. Then we're the primitive civilization looking at lightning bolt from a distance, like no shaykhist, anything. We're just, it comes and goes and finished. But with Reus de Liba, with the desire of the heart, and all of a sudden we're the, we're the scientists studying that lightning bolt and realizing what it is and how it works and being able to then figure out how to harness that power. That's the Reus de Liba, that's the desire of the heart that we bring to the table. This is why Torah, as I said, Hashem is Hashem. The first letter of Torah is what? Is a base. The last letter of Torah is a Lamed. That's Lev, right? Because I'll say, because that, the Rabbanu Shalom, Rachman Aliba boy, the Rabbanu Shalom wants your heart. That sounds like a very poetic, very nice thing. Yeah, that's all he wants. He doesn't want Shabbos, Kashrus, filling. He doesn't want that stuff too. He wants that stuff. He wants your heart. What does that mean? Why is it so necessary to serve the Rabbanu Shalom? What, what, does it mean, what does it mean, Reus Deliva? Listen, Reus Deliva, that part of the heart that knows who God is, might not ever be able to articulate itself, but we can have the ability to bring it into the sphere of our Avaidah. How? Reus Deliva is translated as the Ratzin, as a desire of your heart to do a Becheshek, to do a Beratzin, to do a Besimcha. In the Surah Kedoshim, we find that in Yiddish, in mitzvahs are, there's five dimensions to, to, to a mitzvah. There's always five dimensions. There's the act, there's the, the dibur, the words that you say, the learning that you do to make sure you're doing the, 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 the mitzvah properly. There's the machshava that you have, I'm doing this Hashem Shemayim. There's the kavana that you have, kavanas, right? And then there's reus de liba. What does reus de liba mean? It means simcha. It means do it with cheshek, do it with ahava. Why is it important to do mitzvahs besimcha? Why is it important to do mitzvahs behava with cheshek? You know why? Because that's the that's how you get that's how you that that's how you 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 get that part of you that knows who God is to become part of the system. That's the interface. That's the cheshben. That's the cheshben. The mitzvahs by themselves, the, 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 the connecting link between the mitzvahs and the elokus that you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to bring out of high, that you're trying to 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 be poil. The cheshman, the mathematics, the interface between the two, that's Reus of the Liba. That's Reus of the Liba. This is what the Zayar, this is, you know, Ratzalik writes, for example, it's an arichus, but just to finish quickly, Ratzalik writes like this, in Sefer Divrei Seifrim, Peace Chaf Aleph. He says, The main thing that a person can really say that, that they can contribute in their Avadis Hashem is the cheshek, the desire to do Ratzon Hashem. He says, why? The actual mitzvah itself, the physical act, it's up to God whether, you're, whether you have the opportunity to shake Luvin Esri. Maybe a chasrishon person doesn't have Luvin Esri. Or maybe they think they have Luvin Esri and it's possible. The mice itself is not always up to you. But you know what is up to you? To want to shake Luvin Esri. That is up to you. And not only is that the only thing up to you, it says something that's the main thing that you have to contribute. Because obviously, if you don't shake Luvin with the opportunity to do so, then it means you didn't want to. But ultimately, it boils down to the Cheshik and the Ratzin. Why? Why? It's a nice, okay, Chizik. But what's the mechanics of The answer is without Reusa de Liba, then you're the primitive civilization just watching something from a distance. What are you doing? You don't have, 
you don't have any way of interfacing with Elokos. The way to interface with Elokos, to create Shemus Akdashim, is through the, to, to bring the part of you that is Elokos to the table. And the way that part of you that is Elokos is, is activated is Besemchas, Becheshek. That's why the name, again, the name of who you are, sh- the, word, the, word, the word Shmoy, which is your name, equals Begmachi Ratzim. It was much the word will, desire. Because that's, how do you bring Shemoy, how do you bring God's name? By bringing your name to the table, by bringing your ruts into the table. Reus deliba, that's the interface. That's how, that's the point of connection. This is why, you know, for example, there's a machlekes between the, in the Rishon Rambam and the Ramban. What is the Mishkan? What's the function? What's the primary point of what the Beis is, what the Mishkan is? The Rambam says, in Hilchus Beis HaVachir, the Rambam clarifies this. What is the Beis HaMikdash? You know what the Rambam says? The Rambam says, Beis HaMikdash is a bias, it's a building, within which we sacrifice karbanas and we perform mitzvahs. We, we go to be Eilu Regal three times a year. That's the basic the is. It's just a place to facilitate our avay. The Ramban says, no, 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 no. Look at this expansion. The Ramban says, Eila Pekudi HaMishkan, Mishkan Ha'edas. The Mishkan, the basic is defined not as a place for avay this Hashem. It's a place in which God's presence resides. It's a place in which God reveals himself. That's what the Mishkan is. Which one is it? Is it a place of our avayda? That we perform mitzvahs and meisim taivim, or is it a place where God reveals Himself? The answer is it's hainuach, it's hainuach. Our avaida is the way through which God reveals Himself. How does that happen? Because ela pekudi hamishkan mishkan eitz. Because the mishkan is not just shemus akdoshim. There's also the gematria of shemus akdoshim. The rabbanu created this this system that even though you have something that's bigger than you, there is a way of interfacing with it. Just like in Teva, the way of interfacing is it, with something like that is through mathematics and cheshven. So in Avodah Hashem, the way to interface with Elikos is through the part of you that's relatable, that, 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 that's Elikos. The part of you that's the reuse of the Libra. That's, this is why, going back, this again, this is why the process of Man Torah began by Har Sinai. Began by Har Sinai. But by Har Sinai, and what was the prosecution of the Malachim? What shaykhis? Humanity doesn't have anything to do with Torah. They have no shaykhis to Torah. They're, they're a primitive civilization watching lightning bolts. They have no shaykhis to it. So by Har Sinai, which was the first step of the Kabbalah Satira, Moshe Rabbeinu silences the prosecution by saying, no, 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 one second. But the Torah, as it, as it descends to planet Earth, they have a shaykhis to. Because it's true, maybe in the universe of divine names, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but by the time those divine names materialize down here and become Vaidaber, Hashem, Moshe, Lamer, put on tzitzis, keep Shabbos, they have a shaykhis to that. Okay, fine. But now when the Mishkan is being built, that's already something altogether different. The Mishkan is what? Is the Rabbani Shalom tells B'Tzalel, I want you to use your hands and I want you to actually create a structure that is the embodiment and the physical manifestation of my divine names. Not the version of Torah that you have. The, the Torah itself coming down. That, that should it be. And you know what happened? The Medrash and the Zara Kodesh described this like wall of ice, this blackness, this darkness that just blocked it. That darkness means the, our inability to grasp Elikus. And that's the Malachim are prosecuting. What shaykhs do they have? To, to, they, 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 there's, there's no such thing. To that, the Rabbani Shlalem pushes the Mishkan down and the Shekhinah breaks through that ice. And that breaking through that ice means that even though it might seem to the outside that we don't have a shaykhist to the lightning bolt, but the Rabbani Shalom created the human being with such a mechanism, which is that even though they're an earthly person and they're not lightning bolts, but there's a part of the lightning bolt and the part of the human brain which have a shaykhist to each other, and that's called cheshman. That's called the mathematics. Just as it is in nature, that there's an aspect of that lightning bolt 
it's, it's numerical value, so to speak. It's mathematical form. And the mind of the human being, which, which is able to, it, which is also able to think in mathematical forms, they have a shidduch. And because they can have a shidduch, it means that the human being and the lightning bolt can have a shidduch. So, so too it is with elokos. The Rabbana Shalom, who the Rabbana Shalom is, is very different than who the human being is. But there is an aspect of elokos and an aspect of the human being which are a shidduch. And that's called Rus Daliba. That's the point of the heart. That point of the heart, that is a piece, so to speak. That's a reflection of the divine. And that's the point of contact. Because of that, we could have an interface with Elikos, and that becomes our avayda. That is our avayda, Hashem. That's what the Medrash said, going back to Tanah Once the Jewish people accepted Yiddishkeit Besimcha, reused the Libah with the desire of the heart, we're not just keeping mitzvahs down here and hoping that God likes it, but we are, because of our Simcha, because of our because of we're engaging the part of ourselves which is godly through our simcha, so all of a sudden now there's a commonality between us and Elikos. It's not just something that we're watching from a distance. There's a language that now, that, that we share the same language now. The language of Reusa Daliba is the same language as, as the Rabbanu Shleilam. Because of that interface, just as the mathematical language of the lightning bolt is a similar language for the mathematician down here. It's the same language, and that creates that interface. So to Reusa Daliba, Simcha Navadis Hashem creates that dialogue, creates that interface, that similarity, that that bond between us and Elokus Ma'amish, because of that, so therefore the Rabbani Shalom said, Hashem And this is why, how is the Mishkan built? It had to be with what? With a desire of the heart. Mishkan was enforced upon us. The Rabbani Shalom says, there's a mitzvah to build a Mishkan, but I'm not telling you what you should donate. But more than that, whatever your heart desires. That was part of the Indian, it has to be heart desire. Why? Because all in the Mishkan is what? Is, is Kabbal Satar part two. The Torah, not just descending, not just the bottom, not just the, 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 you know, the, the, the human part of the Torah, but even the divine name element of the Torah being given to us and, being, and giving us the ability to, 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 to manipulate it, to be active participants in it. And that's only possible because there's a similar, because although on the outside, the body of the, of the Jew, and no shaykhs, but there is a similarity because the Rus of the Lib is the same language. It's the same language. That's the cheshbon. That's why, if you think about it, I can, let's say, it's a big arichus. Uh, uh, listen, it, very quickly, uh, very very quickly. Hope you have your me. But uh, the first, if you think about it, okay, the first, the first conflict, any conflict that the Jewish people have with the nations of the world, ultimately, ultimately, ultimately is rooted in this prosecution of the malachim against the Jewish people. It's ultimately rooted in that. It's ultimately rooted in that. Harsina is, is Yarda Sinala Ilam. Any problem that we have from the Umas Ilam is rooted in some prosecution against the Jewish people. What Shaykh is, they're just human beings. They're just human beings. They don't have it. There's no, they, 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 that's all they are. And because of that, so they, they, this nation, that nation, it all boils down to this. The first conflict between Klal Yisrael, so to speak, and the nations of the world were, the, were Avram Avinu against the four kings, yeah? For, I mean, that's, that's the root of all Muhammad. Even the four kings and against the five kings, because I'll say it was just to get light, and once you get light, you're going to get Avram Avinu. So that, that, that's the first place in Tanakh that we find such an Indian of Gematria. I mean, you have Gematrias before, but it says in Pasuk, that it, that it says in Pasuk that, he, that Avram Avinu gathered together his, uh, his men to fight the war. How many were they? So it says in Pasuk, uh, um, was it... Uh, I can bog you down. What does it say in Parshas Lechach over there? 
So, huh? One more than Yish. One more than Yish. I know, but I can't do the Gemachia so quick. So, yeah, so it says like this. Avram heard this, and he gathered together. His men, Shmayin Aser V'shalosh Meis, 318. Chazal say, it says 318. Really, it means Eliezer, who's Begemachia 318. So say Eliezer. Or let it just be Kipshuta, 318. No, no. It says 318, it's the Gemachia of Eliezer. What Gemachia of Eliezer? That's the secret. That's the secret. That's the secret. You're right. On the outside, there's no interface. It's the lightning bolt and some, nat- some primitive civilization. What's Shaykhaz? Jew- God and, and Jewish people. What's Shaykhaz? The answer is, no, nah, there's such a thing as Gematria. There's such a thing as, as, as this language that can be spoken between things that seem to be very different. And when you get that language, then you could talk to each other. You could, manip- you could bring secrets out of each other that otherwise you couldn't. And that's what Yiddishkeit is. Reus the Liba, it's the Gemachi. It's Reus the Liba is the is the is the the secret language between us and Elokos that only the Rebbeinu Shlom hears, and only we're able to speak. The Simcha, the Cheshek, the desire, the Gaguim. That's something that only that's the secret language. That's that's the Gemachi through which we could interface with anything. You could have a Shaykhas to anything once you turn that into numbers, right? You could if you have, yeah, number from one to ten, it could be one to ten, one through ten jelly beans, or it could be one through ten kingdoms. Or one through ten planets. One, you could take anything and just turn it into a numbers language and you could be typhusit. You could talk about 100,000 light years and you could talk about it. You could make hashbainus on it. I allow shaykhs to such huge uh, distances. Yeah, but you turn it into a number. Okay, fine. It's, it's a way of, taking, of, of making yichud between things that are opposite from each other. That's what Cheshvan is. Dafka, the first Muhammad that we have between us and Lumas Ailam, Avram being the four kings, we have a remnant to Gematria. What was the first city the Jewish people ever conquered in our, in our conquest of Eretz Yisrael? Not Eretz Yisrael proper, but with the Evar Yardin. Cheshvan, Ir Sichan. The city of, of Sichan was named Cheshvan. That's the first conquest that we have in Eretz Yisrael. That's the key. Eretz Yisrael means Shemus Akdashim. Eretz Yisrael means Eretz Yisrael means the place of Elikos. But the interface, the interface is with Cheshman. The desire of the heart. The Gagun, the Cheshek, that's the Indian. That's exactly what the Mishkan was about. So it says the Pasuk, when we were, and that's what Nasvinishma is. Nasvinishma is Simcha. Nasvinishma is, I don't even know what it's about, but I'm going to do it anyway. It, 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 it's something that 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 that, that, that it's an expression of reusa daliba. When the reusa daliba is engaged, oh, now you're speaking God's language. Now you're speaking God's language. You speak God's language, vichli chuma. Then you could have the rabbanu shalom's world. Then you, then you could be mamish, be That's the. This is why again, but this is why you know by by the area kaddish, the area kaddish, the whole in the kisari is revolving around shemes hakdashim. Kavanis, kavanis. Shemus Akdashim, do a mitzvah, have kavanas of what, what Shemus Akdashim are being activated and what Shemus Akdashim are you creating through this mitzvah, through this avayda. The Baal Shem Tev is not Chas Hashem different from the Rizal. The Baal Shem Tev is, is, is giving us the way into the Kisveri. And what's amazing is the Kisveri, uh, the, the rights of Baal Shem Tev and his Tamid and his the, the focus is no longer on kavanas. But what is the contribution of the Baal Shem Tev? Reus Deliba, Simcha, Avoid the Besimcha, Esragshas, Espilas, Emotion, Avoid. What does it have to do with what the Rizal started? The Baal Shem Tev is not different. It's an expansion. It's extending. It's unpackaging the Kisveri. And the answer is, he's answering the basic question. The basic question is, so you learn the Kisveri, and you think, okay, fine. So when I put a mica up on my roof, this is the Kavanas, these are the Shemus that are being activated. What? How? How? 
This is the remaining question after all the Kisveri that you'll learn. The one question that remains is, yeah, but how am I doing all of that? <laughs> what mechanism is in place to allow me to do that? This is what Sifr Chassidus is about. All of Shanta is coming to answer that question, which is, there is a secret language between you and God that on the outside might not be noticeable, but it is the, math- it's the language of mathematics, so to speak, that allows everything to communicate to each other. And what is that language? It's the language of Reus Delib, the language of the heart, Simcha, Gaguim, Cheshek. You have that, you have everything. That's the interface. That's the interface. Ruz de Liba. Shem Shablas us. Oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, Pesach, Pesach. Okay, Pesach. I forgot. Okay, fine. This is the, very good. So what's the, oh, so what's the Indian? So very quickly, because now we're just entering into Pesach. Purim is what? Adaloyada. Purim means a revelation of God that I, oh, I don't know what that is. And comes, and that's an R. That's an R. That's an R. Pesach comes to say, whoa, one second, slow down. Echad mi echad ani all of Pesach ends by, by that song, right? It's math. One, I know one. One is God. Two is Luchas. Three are the Avis. What, that's how you end this. What, what, what in the world is that? What does it have anything to do with anything? The answer is, what all Pesach is, and we have to begin to have this discussion. It's going to take a few weeks maybe to, to unpackage this in full. But the whole thing of Pesach is this dialogue of what really Mitzrayim, Kaisers, and Aftimina, they're human beings. They're Avadim, if anything. So the whole secret of Pesach is, nah, the Rebbe Shalom and us have a secret language with each other. Rus the Liba is clarifying this Nakuda, that point of Chelek al-Kamimamish, the Nakuda Shabalev, that part of us which is godly itself. That's what, that's what Pesach is about, trying to bring that out, trying to clarify that. And when you have that, then, you, then you, you own Yiddishkeit. You actually own it. Then you could priv, give it over to the next generation. I spoke about this, I think it was Tubishvat, that in order to give something over to the next generation, you have to truly own it. You have to be able to be typhus it. How could you be typhus elikos? How could you be typhus Yiddishkeit to give it over? The answer is, the only way to give it over to your children is what is if you're able to be, if you grasp it yourself. And how do you grasp it yourself? Basimcha and Cheshek and Gaguim. And Rotson, Rus Deliba, you have that, then you have Yiddishkeit, and you give that over to the children. And that's the mathematics. It's the Cheshvan. It's Echem Yudeh Yudeh. The Iris of Purim, which is a Giloy of Elokus of Adlo Yada, Pesach comes and says, You do know what that is. You do know what that is. How could I know what that is? All I know is my universe. The answer is if you have Simcha, you have Cheshag, you have Gagun, that's your way of interfacing. Then you own it, then you have it. So Pesach is is the beginning of that in you of making Seder from Purim, which was B'chlash like a Seder. And that's what, that's what Pesach does. It's taking that unknowable, unknowable God of Purim and saying, he's unknowable, but you know who he is. You've met him, you know how to deal with him, you know how to interact with him. Now you could bring out more of God than even, than, than even before. And you have a way of interfacing. That's, that's, what, that's what Pesach is. Pesach is, is the Cheshek, the Ratzin Shebelev, that's why there's such an Yisrael who comes to Pesach. There's a Yitzar not to one Pesach, because of all the work. And that's why the Adarabah, the Arizal said that when you bake matzahs and you sweat from it, it's a good tikkun. The ruts and the cheshek, the desire, that's Rus the Liba, that's, that's the Simcha of Mitzvahs. That's what Pesach is about. Hashem should help us. should be Zaycha to experience that. The Kalim. No, that's what I'm saying. So that's, that's, it's the Kalim of Purim. In other words, it's giving you the ability to, 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 to grasp the unknowable God of Purim is through Reusa Daliba. That's that simcha. That's what allows us to, uh, to fully participate in it.